Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. The Bible reading is from Acts chapter 1, and then verses 3 to 5, and then Acts chapter 2, and verses 1 to 7, and then 12 to 24, and then verse 36 to 41. After his suffering, Jesus presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then Acts chapter 2 and from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separate and come to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. And then to verse 12. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it's impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And then to verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut, they cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord, our God, will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number 
that day. Well, John, John is going to be baptized a little bit later in the service, and so I thought it was a good idea for us to just talk a little bit about baptism. Now, baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which literally means to fully immerse in water, to, to dunk, to soak, to, to plunge in water. And the Greek word baptizo wasn't a religious word. It was an everyday word that they used for immersing something in water. So, for example, in Mark chapter 7 and verse 4, it says, When they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. Now, the, the Greek word that's been translated wash is baptizo. And so it, it simply means to immerse in water. And so they would not eat food until they had immersed their hands in water, until they had baptized their hands. So baptizo, baptism simply means to fully immerse in water. And so a little bit later in the service, we're going to dunk. We're going to fully immerse John in water. Uh, but why? Why are we going to dunk poor John? And I mean, why do we dunk people? And why are we called Abergavenny Dunking Church? Well, baptism is a sign of a new beginning. It's a sign of, of putting your faith in Jesus. It's a sign that you've moved from a place of unbelief to a, a life of faith. It's a sign that you have come to make the personal decision to be a follower of Jesus. And as such, so we as Baptists, we, we practice believer's baptism. Now, a lot of people think we practice adult baptism. We don't practice adult baptism. We practice believer's baptism. Uh, baptism is open to anyone of any age. As soon as they've come to a point where they have placed their own personal, made their own personal decision to put their faith in Jesus. And so that's why we won't baptize babies or infants because they aren't able to make a faith commitment yet. And so we would rather wait until they've come to that point in their life where they made their own personal decision to be a follower of Jesus. You see, you don't become a Christian because you live in a Christian country with a Christian heritage. You don't become a Christian because that's what your parents want. The Christian faith is not something someone else can choose for you. It's something you have to make that own personal decision yourself. You need to personally decide to become a follower of Jesus. And of course, there are many ways of coming to Jesus. Uh, for, for some, like myself... There was a very crucial moment of decision. Uh, there was a, a very particular point when you made the decision to cross over the line and into faith. And, and, and you can probably remember the exact moment when you decided to put your faith in Jesus. For others, it's just a long process where you've slowly moved from a place of unbelief to a place of faith, and, and you're not even entirely sure when exactly you made that commitment, but all you know is now you have faith in Jesus. For others, you've uh, grown up in the church, and you simply can't remember a time 
when you didn't believe, but, but as you got older and as you became a teenager, you, you thought the time was right. Uh, that, that this was no longer just the faith of your parents. This was your own personal faith, that you had put your own faith in Jesus. You had made that decision. And so there are many ways of coming to Jesus, as uh, if you listen to various people's testimonies and stories, it was quickly revealed. There are many ways to come to Jesus, but they all lead to a firm commitment to follow Jesus. And so how do we make a firm commitment to follow Jesus? Well, when the, the crowd asked Peter what, what they must do, how, they wanted to know, how, how do we respond to this message of Jesus? Uh, Peter replies in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. He says, Peter, uh, and we read, uh, and Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How should we make a firm commitment to follow Jesus? Well, Peter suggests three things. Repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. And so, over here we see there's a threefold initiation to becoming a follower of Jesus in the New Testament. So in the New Testament, the way you become a follower of Jesus, the way you become a Christian is by repenting, being baptized, and receiving the Holy Spirit. And ideally, all three should happen at the same time. Uh, but often it doesn't. Sometimes people have repented and, and, and been baptized, and only later they receive the Spirit. Others have repented and received the Spirit, and later they get baptized. And, and others get baptized and then repent and receive the Spirit. It doesn't really matter as long as we have all three. <laughs> and ideally, uh, the biblical model is at the same time. But we also notice that there are three agents at work. It's the person who repents. It's the church that baptizes the person. And it's God who gives the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we have three agents at work. Firstly, what, so what we do is repent. Now, repentance sounds like such a negative word. It's got so many negative connotations. But, but repentance, literally, if you go into the Greek word, literally just means a change of mind or, or a change of heart. And, and it's, it's all about having a change of heart that would lead to a corresponding change of action. So very simply put, repentance is all about turning around. It's about turning around. It's about turning away from your life of unbelief, turning around and turning back to God. That's repentance. And so that is faith. Repentance and faith are intimately linked. You can't have one without the other. In, in Mark chapter 8 and verse 34 and 35, Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And so over there, if we want to respond to Jesus' invitation and receive life, we need to exercise repentance and faith. Repentance is turning away from your old sinful and selfish way of living when you used to just live for yourself. Turning away from that 
And that's what Jesus means by deny yourself and take up your cross. It's all about turning away from your old selfish way of living. We turn away from that and then we turn to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus' selfless way of living. That's repentance, turning around. And that's faith. Putting your faith in Jesus is all about following Jesus, trusting Jesus with your life. And so that's what we do. We turn away from our old selfish way of living and we turn to follow Jesus. What the church does is it baptizes us. When the church recognizes our faith, when the church recognizes the sincerity of our faith, the church baptizes us. Now, within the New Testament, there is no such thing as an unbaptized Christian. In the New Testament, that just didn't exist. You could not separate faith from baptism. Uh, When you put your faith in Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, well, will that be with or without baptism, sir? When the crowd asked Peter, what must we do to be saved? Peter didn't say, repent. And if you want, at a later date, when your conscience feels clear, you can always get baptized. No. He says, repent and be baptized. They are inseparable. Faith and baptism are inseparable because Faith is expressed through baptism, and baptism is a proclamation of our faith. Also within the New Testament, there's no such thing as a Christian that does not belong to a local church. Again, uh, that that just, just doesn't exist in the New Testament. If you are committed to Jesus, then you will be committed to his body, which is the church. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Quite clearly over here, it's ref- the, the word body is referring to the body of Jesus. And the, the body of Jesus has two reference points. It's pointing to Jesus himself, but it's also pointing to the body of Jesus, the church. The church is the body of Jesus. See, when we baptize, it symbolizes our commitment and our unity to Jesus, but it also symbolizes our commitment and our unity to the church. When we baptize, it symbolizes being immersed into God, immersed into Jesus, but it also symbolizes being immersed into God's family. We become a child of God and a member of the family of God. And so baptism is a symbol that, and a sign that we are in a right relationship with God, but it's also a ritual of initiation into membership of the universal church, which is expressed through membership of a local church. And this also shows us that we need the support of a Christian community. As individuals, we need, uh, we need a, the Christian community to just be supporting our faith. And it shows us that baptism and belonging to a church are inseparable. And what God does is he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
For it's, it's, a, it's the Holy Spirit that, that unites us to Jesus and unites us to the church. It's the Holy Spirit that renews our inner being and brings new life. It's the Holy Spirit that renews us and, uh, and cleanses us. And empowers us to be transformed. To become like Jesus. To live like Jesus. And it makes us into a new creation. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Paul says, so if anyone is in Christ, there is new creation. But what is the meaning of baptism? What is the significance of baptism? Well, to use a very technical uh, definition, baptism is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. Very simply put, baptism is an outward sign of what's already happened within us by the Holy Spirit. So what does it symbolize? Well, one, it symbolizes being buried and raised, new life. Secondly, it symbolizes being washed, forgiven. And thirdly, it symbolizes being immersed in the Holy Spirit. So firstly, uh, being buried and raised. In Romans chapter 6 and verses 3 to 4, it says, we, theref- uh, sorry, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So in baptism, it's like going down into a watery grave and dying to our old, selfish, sinful way of living. And then coming up out of the water, it's like being born again, getting new birth into a new way of living and a way of following Jesus. And so through baptism, baptism is a very dramatic way of publicly declaring that we are followers of Jesus. And secondly, it symbolizes being washed, forgiven. It's kind of like taking a bath and and having all your sins washed away. Ananias says to Paul in, in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized. And wash your sins away, calling on Jesus' name. It's like having a bath and just having all your sins washed away. It's all about being forgiven and reconciled to a right relationship with God. Doesn't mean you become perfect and everything's sorted and you won't make any more mistakes. It just means you've been forgiven. And then thirdly, it means being immersed in the Holy Spirit. Just as you get wet and you get completely soaked by the water, it's like being soaked by the Holy Spirit, being soaked in the presence of the living God. And of course, we're not just immersed into God, we're also immersed into God's family, the church. And of course, it's the Holy Spirit that renews us, restores us, cleanses us, transforms us, and makes us new. Paul says in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. 
So why should we be baptized? Why should we be baptized? Well, there are a number of reasons if you're a follower of Jesus, but uh, one, because Jesus has commanded it. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Being baptized is simply an act of loving obedience. Because you love Jesus, you want to obey him. Secondly, because it's following Jesus' example. Jesus himself was baptized by John the Baptist. And if we're a follower of Jesus, then we too should follow his example and be baptized. Thirdly, because it's the best way to confess Jesus publicly. If you want to declare your loyalty to Jesus, the best way to do it is to be baptized. Because this is how Christians have, from the very beginning, been making a stand for Jesus. Baptism is a very powerful witness to others. Fourthly, because baptism is a means of grace. A baptism is a very powerful symbol of, of the fact that we have been uh, cleansed, that we have new life, that we've been forgiven, that we've been soaked in the presence of the Holy Spirit. But it's more than a mere symbol. It's a means of grace. But what do I mean by that? Well, when you get baptized, the Holy Spirit conveys a very special spiritual blessing to you. It's a powerful spiritual act. The realities that baptism points to, such as new life and cleansing and forgiveness and being immersed in the Holy Spirit, are, are deepened and renewed within you when you baptize. It's a, a, a very powerful spiritual act. And effectively, because it's good for the church. It's not only the person who gets baptized who, who benefits, but the whole church gets blessed when someone gets baptized. Because when someone gets baptized, it's a, it's a very powerful reminder of the power of Jesus to transform lives. And the whole church gets blessed. And so baptism is that great moment when a Christian, a follower of Jesus, nails their colors to the mast. And publicly declares that I am a follower of Jesus. I have been forgiven. I have received the Holy Spirit. I have a new status as a child of God. And this brings us to John. John has already put his faith in Jesus. He's already been forgiven. He's already received the Holy Spirit. All of this has already taken place in John's life. It doesn't mean that he's perfect, that he's sorted, that he's not going to make any more mistakes. It means that he started a journey with God and that he's growing in faith. And today he's going to publicly declare that by going through the waters of baptism. Now over here at, at Abergavenny Baptist Church, we, we have a tradition where if anyone over here has not been baptized and believe that God is prompting them to, to nail their colors to the mask, to, to take that step of faith and to declare publicly that I've decided to put my faith in Jesus, that we give you the opportunity to declare that publicly by also coming 
through the waters of baptism. And so we'll have an opportunity, if you would like to join John in the pool, that you may. Uh, We've got extra tiles, so there's no problem there. And if that's something that God is calling you to do and you haven't been baptized before and God is prompting you that you need to do that, then please do. uh, It will be an opportunity. You can just come up to me during the next song and say, yep, I I feel God is prompting me to do this. And we will make an opportunity for you to climb in the pool with, with myself and John, which will be great. John's going to come up and he's going to share just very briefly why he wants to be baptized. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.